Welcome to Columbus Perspective, a weekly public affairs presentation of The Fan. I'm Dave James. In a moment, I'll talk with the head of Prevent Blindness Ohio. Courtesy of our sister station, WBNS 10 TV, Tracy Townsend talks about the raising of the debt ceiling in Washington with Ohio's two U.S. senators. A discussion with Ohio Republican Congressman Mike Carey about various legislation, including one dealing with name, image, and likeness in college sports. And a look at where Ohioans are placing their bets now that sports gaming has arrived. And I'll wrap up the hour in about 50 minutes talking with the Chancellor of Western Governors University, Ohio. The nonprofit online school has been around for five years now. First up on Columbus Perspective, on the phone with me, Amy Polis, who is the president and CEO of Prevent Blindness Ohio. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for talking to us. Uh, What is Prevent Blindness Ohio? nonprofit organization. We serve all 88 counties in the state of Ohio. We're also an affiliate of Prevent Blindness America, and we are the um, only statewide organization that works to uh, save sight uh, for all uh, living in Ohio. And uh, how long have you been around, and do you have regional offices? How does all that work? Yeah, so we actually were formed here in Ohio in 1957 um, by then-Senator John Bricker. We also, um, so our headquarters are located in uh, Columbus, but we do have chapter offices in Cincinnati, Dayton, Cleveland, and Toledo. Uh, Those chapter offices work uh, very closely with us uh, here in Columbus to implement our programs uh, all across the state of Ohio. So when somebody thinks about Prevent Blindness Ohio and you needed to kind of sum up quickly for somebody what you mainly do, what would you say it is? Uh, We mainly uh, work to educate the public about the hazards to their eyes and the importance of regular eye exams. There are so many different things that can go wrong with our vision, and we really need to be seeing an eye doctor on a regular basis to make sure that... um, uh, you know, the eye diseases, the hazards to our eyes are being caught early and treated in a time where permanent vision loss can be slowed or stopped. You know, I wanted to ask a question real quick that just popped into my head. The state is now allowing uh, driver license renewals online without yeah. having to go in and get an eye test, which I think for a lot of Ohioans is the only time they may ever have their eyes even checked, not, you know, at a high level of perception, but at least something. Uh, does that concern you? Right. Um, absolutely. So vision screenings, and that is what is done at the BMV when you go to renew your driver's license. Vision screenings can alert somebody who isn't aware that they aren't seeing as well as they should be. Um, and so normally the, the, the good thing about a vision screening is it can tell you you need to get to an eye doctor. It can help you. Everybody needs to have a regular eye exam, whether they have vision screenings or not. But um, the good thing about a vision screening is that it is able to tell you, hey, look, you're having a problem. You need to move going to the eye doctor up high on your priority list because if we are seeing fine, uh, not having any symptoms, then the last thing that many of us do is schedule an eye exam. And so if you fail a vision screening, then that will encourage you to actually go get an eye exam. But our message, though, is even if you pass a vision screening, it is still very important to have a regular eye exam because there are um, there, your vision could not be impacted yet. Uh, you could have a cataract that's still allowing you to pass a vision screening. You could have um, glaucoma or the early stages of macular degeneration, and you could still be seeing okay. But if you get into an eye doctor, they will catch those things early and start to treat them right away. 
And you mentioned cataracts, and this is Cataract Awareness Month. Uh, what are cataracts? So cataract is a clouding of the eye's lens, which blocks or changes the passage of light into the eye. The lens of the eye is located behind the pupil and the colored iris, and it's normally transparent. The lens helps you to focus on images, so if light isn't able to pass through the lens properly, then you're not going to see the image properly. Just like if you took a, a picture with a camera that had a dirty lens, the picture wouldn't turn out very very well. So it's, it's kind of the exact same thing um, as the lenses in your eyes. If they are cloudy, then you're not going to see the image as well. You're going to see images darker or just plain old blurry or both. My brother, four or five years ago, uh, was checked and found out he had cataracts, didn't even know it, and he had yeah. surgery and said that he was seeing things and colors that he didn't even know existed. Yep, yep, that's exactly. So people, you know, we, especially in children, but people, what they are seeing, they think that's normal if they haven't seen um, any other way, or if the change in their vision comes on so slowly that they don't really realize that it's different from how they were once seeing, which is why, just because you think you have got no reason to go, there really is an important reason to go see the eye doctor regularly. And I guess they're pretty common, right? Yeah, they sure are. You know, I have heard many um, eye doctors have said to me, if you live long enough, you're going to get a cataract. Um, But uh, more than half of Americans 80 years or older have been treated for a cataract in the past. Um, But yes, cataracts affect so many people. So you can almost, you know, some people will say you can almost count on cataract surgery at some point in your life. (laughs) So uh, as far as symptoms, can you see them? Can you see out of them? Uh, You know, how bad? How bad are they and how do they come on? Yes. Right. So in the early stages of a cataract, no, you can you can see normal, think you're seeing normal, not notice any difference. But as, as cataracts progress, you can have cloudy or blurry vision, colors that will look faded, uh, difficulty seeing at night, uh, lamps, sunlight, or headlights may appear too bright. You can see, have halos, uh, you know, showing around lights. You could be seeing double, um, or you could also be having experiencing frequent changes in your uh, prescription for your eyeglasses or your contact lenses. So is there a way to prevent them and treat them? Uh, yeah, so preventing them, I mean, they are more, there's really not um, any sure, um, you know, for sure cause of cataracts. It is believed, though, that there are certain things that, put, can, that can put you at higher risk of having a cataract, which would be um, intense heat or long-term exposure to UV rays from the sun, certain diseases such as diabetes, inflammation of the eye, hereditary influences, um, long-term use of steroids, or um, even any eye injuries that you may have sustained or other eye diseases. And then, of course, smoking. Smoking seems to cause just about everything. So, um, you know, being aware if, if, if you've got any of those going on, but if you go to the eye doctor regularly, they are going to tell you when a cataract is starting, and your eye doctor is going to tell you when is the appropriate time to go ahead and have that cataract fixed. And so it is, it is uh, you know, 100% fixable. They just take out the old lens, and they put in a new lens. Um, oftentimes, the most common lenses that they, new lens or artificial lens, they also refer to it as an intraocular lens. Um, the most common one used is a monofocal um, inter, intra, intraocular lens, and that will actually, um, 
in patients correct their faraway vision if they've been uh, wearing glasses, but then they do usually still need glasses in order to see up close. And then there's a few other lenses that they could put in as well. There's a multifocal lens they can put in that it will allow you to be able to see um, normally up close, far away, um, and then just a couple of other type lenses. But the most common lens that they use is a monofocal intraocular lens. Um, they just pull out the new, pop in the, or pull out the old, pop in the new, and you're good as new. Talking with Amy Polis, she's the president and CEO of Prevent Blindness Ohio. Well, the leading cause of death for elder Ohioans is falling, and I would think that vision plays a, a key role in that many times. Yep, it absolutely does. Uh, there are, you know, as as we age, there are things that can go wrong with our eyes. Cataract is an example. Um, uh, glaucoma, age-related macular degeneration, and then people with diabetes can also are at high risk of diabetic retinopathy. So yes, vision does, um, 11% of nursing home admissions are due to um, uh, poor vision uh, or vision impairment. Um, in the older population, vision impairment can lead to depression. Um, it impacts an older person's quality of life absolutely increases the risk of falls. So that's why, um, you know, it's critically important that uh, our seniors are never skipping their regular eye exams so that those problems can be caught early and treated when treatment is most successful. I see that you're involved in a vision care outreach program. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so our vision care outreach program, so, you know, we, we preach to everybody, you know, have a regular eye exam, but not everybody can afford a regular eye exam. Um, you know, there's vision insurance out there. Not everybody has vision insurance. Not everybody can afford vision insurance. And also, um, a lot of people, especially seniors, will be underinsured, which means that through Medicare, they can some can access um, an eye exam, but not all Medicare plans will um, help you or pay for glasses. So through our Vision Care Outreach Program, anybody in the state of Ohio who is living at 200% poverty or worse and either does not have vision insurance or is considered underinsured and, and not having um, coverage for glasses is a perfect example of being underinsured, they can come to Prevent Blindness and we can put them through our Vision Care Outreach Program where we will be able to get them a donated comprehensive eye exam and eyeglasses for them at no cost to them. And they're able to go through our program once once every year. That's tremendous. So where does funding for these types of programs come from? Yeah, so we um, receive uh, uh, donations from individuals all across the state of Ohio, from corporations, as well as from uh, foundations. We also hold five special um, dinner events, fundraiser events, and then we also have two golf events that we hold each year. But we are always looking for contributions and support from uh, the community because it, it is without those uh, contributions, we would not be able to um, provide uh, the service that we do to Ohioans. And what is your website? Where can folks find out more and help? Yeah, so they can go to www.pb, as in P, uh, prevent blindness, so pbohio.org, and they, there's a wealth of information about um, not only uh, cataracts, but all the other uh, hazards, eye diseases um, that can impact your eyes as well as information on how you can get involved and, of course, a Donate Now uh, link where you can make a contribution to prevent blindness. Well, these issues uh, are only going to become more prominent as the population ages, that's for sure. Oh, yep, absolutely, absolutely. Um, it is, 
estimated that by 2030, the vision problems um, uh, in Ohio or people suffering uh, vision impairment over the age 40 is expected to double as the um, baby boomers continue to age. I think uh, a lot of folks uh, hear the name of your agency every year through your fireworks education programs. I mean, you're you're always trying to, to tell people about the dangers of any sort of a backyard firework, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and thank you for bringing that up because we uh, fireworks season is upon us. Um, currently, it, you are. Uh, it is permissible by state law to... Um, Ignite backyard fireworks, uh, 1.4G backyard fireworks. However, the important thing to know is that um, the law that passed last year did allow local governments to ban um, the ignition of 1.4G fireworks. So if you have plans to set off fireworks this, this summer, you want to make check with your local government to uh, see if they've got a local ban in place. A lot of the cities, the urban areas all across the state of Ohio have actually banned them in their own areas. But whether they're banned or not, it is important for people to understand that there are a lot of things that can go wrong with those fireworks when you um, ignite them. And there is a wealth of information on our website as well about um, the statistics, the safety statistics behind backyard fireworks and why it is really important that you know you really just stick to uh, the, the professional displays because those fireworks are not safe nor are they real reliable in their um, igniting you know whether they fall over go in wrong directions um, ignite at the wrong time and so on and so forth so there's there's the hazards not only to your eyes with backyard fireworks but to your entire body talking with amy polis she's the president and ceo of prevent blindness ohio well as you mentioned this weird law that ohio has had for decades about fireworks was changed to allow backyard fireworks on certain days of the year. But this sort of wink, wink, nudge, nudge law that we had forever where you could buy fireworks, but you had to promise to take them out of state. That was just really bizarre. And it must have been frustrating for you. It sure was, because they are, of course, really easy to get here in Ohio, but um, which which we didn't, did not like. Um, but then, yeah, you were, you know, required to, to take them out of state, uh, you know, per the, the previous law. Um, and so many people, of course, didn't, and they just uh, ignited them uh, in their backyards, whether they were legal or not. And it really wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't a law that was very enforced. But one thing about the, the law that passed uh, last year allows for the lo- those localities when they, um, do a local ban on those uh, those the fireworks uh, ignition in their within their boundaries. Um, they could also impose fines. Um, imposing those fines uh, encourages them to go out and get those people that are igniting them illegally and finding them. And then the you know the the fines then of course help to to um, fund their efforts to go out and stop it. So it was kind of our hope if you if you were going to look at you know any. Any bright side to, to that bill, even though we were adamantly against the, the legalization of, of igniting, was that it did give those localities the opportunity to um, to put fines on those that cho- choose to break the law. You mentioned that uh, some municipalities have banned them, gone beyond the state law, and still banned them on those days. Were you pleased with how that has worked out, or, or are there more that should be doing that? Well, there are definitely more who should be doing that. Um, we are pleased at the number of um, local, of the urban areas that have banned them, the city of Columbus uh, being being one um, s- specific 
typically that does have a local ban. Um, and so we were, you know, the urban areas are especially dangerous um, just because of, you know, the house structures all being close to one another. You know, somebody, you know, can ignite a firework in their yard, but their neighbor's house can only be 20 feet away. So um, the fact that some of those, that a lot of those urban areas did ban, we were very pleased with. However, not all the urban areas have banned them. And so we are continuing to encourage local governments, both urban as well as rural, uh, to to uh, ban fireworks ignition in, within their boundaries. Talking with Amy Polis, she is the president and CEO of Prevent Blindness Ohio. Anything else you'd like to add? Um, just please check out our website at pbohio.org and, um, you know, Educate yourself on um, the every you know the eye diseases that could impact your vision as well as the vision of your family members, and then make sure that you and your family members as well as your children are getting uh, regular eye exams. Great, Amy. Thanks so much for the information and your time today. Okay. Well, thank you for for talking with me. Need to visit the Ohio BMV? Go online first. It could save you a trip. It's now easier and more convenient than ever to get what you need from the BMV online. Need to renew your driver's license? Renew online. And if you need to renew your vehicle registration, visit one of our new BMV Express kiosks or go online. If you do need to visit a BMV agency, use the Get In Line online tool, also found on the website, to save your spot and minimize your time waiting. For more services available online, check out bmv.ohio.gov. It might be hard to imagine, but there's a place where you can find a restaurant on every corner. A place where you can eat like a king for as little as a dollar. It might be hard to imagine, but this is the same place where the school lunches aren't just delicious. They're themed with palate pleasers like mozzarella stick Mondays, taco Tuesdays, and French Fridays. Heck, even pizza counts as a vegetable here. This is a place where the fast food just keeps getting faster. You can even order delivery right from your video game console. And how's the food, you ask? Well, it is to die for. Don't believe us? Just ask the friends and family of the 300,000 who did last year. Welcome to the state of America. Welcome to Obesity USA. Population 115 million and getting bigger by the day. To learn more, go to visitobesity.org. That's visitobesity.org. Brought to you by the Pennington Biomedical Research Foundation. Hi, I'm Dom Tiberi. Nine years ago, we lost our daughter Maria to a distracted driving accident. To honor her life, we have pledged to educate young people on the dangers of distracted driving. We funded simulators and visited schools to inspire more than 120,000 young drivers to stay safe. Help spread Maria's message in your school. Contact us at mariasmessage at 10tv.com. And remember, distracted driving is dangerous driving. This is a St. Jude moment. Ashton was a high-level athlete, and in an instant, your world flips and your healthy five-year-old competitive cheerleader has a brain tumor. And the physician was like, your best option is St. Jude. Receiving treatment that was life-saving for our child and knowing that that treatment would be of no cost to us was a huge weight lifted. Learn more at stjude.org.
This is Columbus Perspective on the Fan. Courtesy of our sister station, WBNS 10 TV, here's Tracy Townsend from her Sunday morning public affairs program, Face the State. A new edition can be seen this morning at 1130 on 10 TV. The bill is passed. Congress approved the agreement to suspend the nation's debt limit, averting what could have been a catastrophic default. But there was one Ohio lawmaker who was not on board. Thank you so much for joining us for Face the State. I'm Tracy Townsend. Republican Senator J.D. Vance tweeted he was firmly against the bill. He said, quote, I had hoped we could improve this deal through the amendment process, but the reality is this bill was beyond saving. Ohioans have suffered long enough from the inflation caused by the Biden administration's out-of-control budget, and this bill simply does nothing to end their spending spree. This is a bad deal for the people of Ohio, which is why I voted against it this evening. End quote. This is a bad deal for America, and I, I think we need to be clear about this. If you look, Eric, at the headline spending cuts, that would be a good number, and I'd be happy with it. But you've got to read the fine print of this legislation. It's one of the good things about being in the Senate is we've had a little bit more time to actually look at this. All of the spending cuts or nearly all of the spending cuts can be waived by the Office of Management and Budget, which is, of course, controlled by the Biden administration. Democratic Senator Sherrod Brown shared his thoughts with us on Friday morning. I consider it a victory. That's why it got a resounding bipartisan vote. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you a couple things. Um, J.D. Vance voted against it, and he said he felt like it didn't really um, speak to the inflation issues that his constituents are facing. Well, I, I'm not J.D. Vance. Bring him on the nope. show and ask him. Um, but, uh, <laughs> we will do okay. that. <laughs> but, but the fact is, all, all ten, Demo- 10 Republicans, all mm-hmm. five Democrats in the House of Representatives voted for mm-hmm. it. And I didn't know, I talked to J.D. pretty often. Yeah. We're working on this railroad bill together. But I didn't ask him. Mm-hmm. I don't really, I never really ask as much as Rob Portman and I work together. I didn't really ever say, why would you vote that way, Rob? Uh-huh. It's not really my business. It's insane. We don't, we're the only, there are only two countries in the world that do this. I mean, this is, this is looking back. We, we've run up these bills, uh, rightly or wrongly, mm-hmm. as a Congress, as a president, as the American people. And if we owe the bills, if we owe the money, we should pay for it. There shouldn't be a debate in Congress every two years where people play these political games and all these, um, all this partisanship that doesn't serve anybody well. It doesn't serve investors well. It doesn't serve the public well. It doesn't serve um, older people especially well who have, who, you know, are relying on Social Security and their pensions and all that. And um, it's just a stupid way to do business. Republican Congressman Mike Carey voted for the bill, and we talked with him before the vote in Washington. We're doing some things that I didn't think that the, the president was going to give on. The work requirement thing is something that uh, we thought was important. I, I think the fact that we're going to be spending less um, is is something. And we, we never did this under a Republican president and a Republican Congress. So I think those two things alone. Um, but if you also look at the rate that government is going to grow is going to be significantly less. We're not going to mess with veterans because uh, a lot of people had said, why are you going to vote on something that's going to touch veteran benefits? There's nothing going to be touched with the veterans. It uh, pluses up our military. Again, there's some people that are saying it doesn't plus up our military enough. But in the end, it's a it's a it's a balanced deal. And I think one that, uh, again, has the support of the entire Ohio delegation. We did our version of the bill. The president, you know, obviously had some things that he wanted to uh, discuss. And uh, no, there was never doubt in my mind that we'd get a bill onto the floor. And, and, and really, I think when you look at the Republican support behind Kevin, um, we're all there for him. I mean, there's a handful of people for whatever reason 
are not going to vote for this bill. Um, but uh, but no, I never I was never in doubt that there, we would get a bill on the floor. We've been in touch with 3rd District Congresswoman Joyce Beatty's office about this vote. Her office sent us a statement reading, in part, Today I voted yes on the bipartisan budget agreement to prevent a devastating default on America and to protect key programs like Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, Temporary Assistance for Needy Families, Veterans Benefits, Education and Housing from the worst Republican impulses. And here's what else the congressman had to say this time on the House floor before the vote. It is obvious that Republicans are defaulting on our debt. Instead of honoring our sacred obligation to pay our bills, Democrats will not let the bank of justice be destroyed by MAGA Republicans. We come to this floor today, the people's house, to put people over politics, to demand that Speaker McCarthy... The gentlewoman's no longer recognized. And the congresswoman shared this video with the words, you can cut my microphone, but you cannot silence me. Again, that's 3rd District Congresswoman Joyce Beatty. Members of the Ohio State Highway Patrol are headed to Texas. Governor Mike DeWine authorized a group to head south to help border agents. Texas Governor Greg Abbott asked for the help after the COVID-19 immigration restriction expired. Governor Mike DeWine had this to say about the move. This is very similar to what we did uh, the last time we received a request. Uh, this request again came from, from Texas. Uh, we're going to have, I believe, 14 members of the Highway Patrol. They're going to be down there about two weeks. Uh, they're not going to be involved in directly in arrests. But the last time we sent them, they were very helpful. We had one member of the Highway Patrol who literally saved someone's life. Uh, and so that's the least that we can do is to help Texas with this challenge that they face. 14 troopers and supervisors will spend two weeks at the border. A nationwide search is on for the next general manager of the Ohio State Fair. Ohio Expo Center and State Fair general manager Virgil Strickler is retiring after 30 years of service. He's the longest-running GM of the State Fair. Strickler says whoever replaces him will need to manage a lot at once. It's so tough to put this whole fair on and know where every concession goes and all that. Now, then you focus on the horse show, then you focus on the livestock shows and make sure everything's ready for them. Strickler helped create the Ohio State Fair's Youth Reserve Program back in 1995. It has awarded a total of more than $4.6 million in scholarships to more than 44,500 students who have participated in the fair. Governor DeWine announced the program has been named in Strickler's honor. Virgil Strickler Youth Reserve Program, through that, the tradition uh, that Virgil started and implemented of using a portion of the funds from the sale of champions for such scholarships and prizes for outstanding exhibitors will continue and really be a permanent part of this fair. Governor DeWine says it will be a nationwide search to fill Strickler's position, and they will still look at Ohioans. They expect the new GM to start at the beginning of 2024. 
All right, for the first time, we are seeing how Ohio's third grade reading guarantee works for students. This week, we got results from a study on retaining third grade students who score low on English. Schools reported that students who were retained did better in later years than students with similar scores who moved up. And students who were retained learned fast. 90% increased their English score. More than half moved up an entire level. The research is tragic, quite frankly. The scores are heartbreaking. It's a crisis today, not just in our states, but but many other states. And there's no more significant benchmark in education than ensuring that students are proficient readers before they leave elementary school. The group Ohio Excels is using this research to argue against House Bill 117. That bill would eliminate that retention policy. Ohio Excel is urging Governor DeWine to keep the reading guarantee policy in place. All right, during his presidential campaign announcement, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis claimed that no books have been banned in Florida. Verifies Ariana Dattil looks into whether that's true. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis announced he's running for president in 2024. I am running for president of the United States to lead our great American comeback. During the hour-long address live-streamed on Twitter, DeSantis touched on a number of issues, including book bans in Florida. The whole book ban thing is a hoax. There's not been a single book banned in the state of Florida. After DeSantis's announcement, California Governor Gavin Newsom tweeted that last school year, Florida had 566 bans across 21 school districts. So let's verify. Have no books been banned in Florida, as DeSantis claimed? Our sources are Middle Tennessee State University's First Amendment Encyclopedia, the American Library Association, PEN America, and Jeremy Redfern, press secretary for Governor Ron DeSantis. According to the American Library Association and Middle Tennessee State University's First Amendment Encyclopedia, book banning is the removal of books from libraries, school reading lists, or bookstores because a person or organization objects to its content, ideas, or themes. PEN America, a nonprofit organization that defends free expression, collects data on book bans by school district, governments, and organizations across the country. In Florida, there are no statewide book bans, but school districts can make their own rules. According to PEN America, during the 2021 to 2022 school year, 566 books were banned across 21 school districts. Those were the same numbers cited in Newsom's tweet. And this school year, PEN America says 357 books have been banned across 13 school districts in Florida. So why did DeSantis say there weren't any books banned in the state? Jeremy Redfern, a press secretary for DeSantis, says the governor's office doesn't consider books removed from curriculum as banned because people can still go to bookstores in the state and buy them. Nevertheless, DeSantis's claim is false. Even though there have been no statewide bans on books in Florida, hundreds of books were removed from school districts across the state just last year alone, which fits the definition of a book ban. With your Verify, I'm Ariande Till. What can we verify for you? Reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, or email us at verify at 10tv.com. DeSantis is pledging a shakeup at the Department of Justice if he's elected president. He told supporters in Iowa last week that he will ensure there's a new, stronger FBI director on day one. He's considered the top contender against former President Donald Trump in the GOP race for 2024. But former Vice President Mike Pence is gaining momentum. He talked about eliminating the U.S. Department of Education last week alongside former Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos. The new sports gambling numbers have been released, and you might be surprised who's losing. 
Clay Gordon is crunching the numbers for Consumer 10. And legislation that could ease the pain at the pump. We're talking with Ohio's 15th District Representative, Mike Carey, about his plan and why some environmentalists aren't so sure. And meet the Golden Cubs, the inspiring moments at the golf course. Columbus Perspective is a public affairs presentation of WBNS Radio. The opinions expressed on this program are those of its guests and do not necessarily reflect those of WBNS Radio, its staff, management, or sponsors. We are advocates. We are defenders. We are the Association of Zoos and Aquariums. Dedicated to the conservation of Earth's precious wildlife. Sea turtles. African penguins. And countless endangered species. See for yourself at aza.org slash join us. 911, what is your emergency? My kid shot himself. All right, where's the wounds? 911, what's your emergency? Please help. My, my son shot his brother. I don't know Every day, eight kids and teens are unintentionally killed or injured by loaded and unlocked guns. Learn how to make your home safer at endfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and End Family Fire. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. I get it. Your desk has been there for you. Holding up your computer, your unused stapler, and that plant you forgot to water. But maybe it's time to leave your desk and spend your lunch break volunteering with Meals on Wheels. Doing Meals on Wheels for me is the joy that I look for at the end of my week. I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Not on my watch, our military service members say, as they volunteer to serve. As they move out, stand firm, and take fire. So not on our watch, we say, to the severely ill or injured veterans who can't get the care they deserve to live full and independent lives, even when there's no government funding or a nursing home seems like the only option. We won't leave one warrior behind. Not on our watch. Join us at findwwp.org. This is Columbus Perspective on the Fan. Back to Tracy Townsend, courtesy of 10TV. We are back with Congressman Mike Carey, who represents Ohio's 15th Congressional District. He recently introduced the Pay Less at the Pump Act, and he says his goal is to lower gas prices, encourage more domestic energy production, and reduce America's reliance on foreign sources of energy. One big piece of this is amending the IRS code to terminate the hazardous substance Superfund financing rate. That's also known as the Superfund tax. Kerry says taxpayers will save an estimated $10.5 billion over the next 10 years. We still have high rates at the gas pump right now. So this is, I think, a first step um, in lessening what people are going to be paying, you know, back home. So I've already spoken with the Senate. I believe we're going to have a Senate co-sponsor. They're going to introduce my bill in the Senate. Um, So I think we're going to get this thing through. I think it will receive bipartisan support. So my hope is that uh, that we get this piece of legislation. The Senate will have companion legislation. Then we can get this enacted in law. We should note supporters of the Superfund tax called the reinstatement a victory for the environment. 
All right, now to college sports and athletes getting paid. The NCAA has been asking for Congress to step in on the name, image, likeness debate since the policy was instituted back in 2021. And now Congressman Kerry is sponsoring legislation related to NIL, as it's called. He says it's bipartisan. This is something that is a, a bipartisan bill. Um, I'm working with my colleague, Greg Landsman, who's out of Cincinnati. Um, and we've worked with, you know, our universities in Ohio, particularly Ohio State. I think UC has been involved. You know, this ensures that student athletes are not considered employees. I think that was something that was very important. It protects the recruitment pro recruiting process and prohibiting the inducements of detailed actions by boosters and recruiting process that would be penalized through the FTC. It also makes sure that there's a clearinghouse for any, any NIL deal when it reaches over the $500 threshold. And I think it's one that, uh, uh, you know, Greg being the Democrat, me being the Republican lead, I think it's one that uh, will get a lot of support. There are other bills that are, will be floating out there, but we want to be the first out of the gate. Um, because it is important to all the Ohio universities. And so um, I, I think it, it sets the marker and we'll see where the negotiations go. OSU Athletic Director Gene Smith says he supports this legislation. All right, the new sports gambling revenue numbers are out for the state of Ohio. Although online sports gambling is raking in millions for the state, one entity is operating at a loss. 10TV's Clay Gordon dug into the data for Consumer 10. More than $3 billion has come through sports gambling in the Buckeye State through the first four months of revenue reports from the Ohio Casino Control Commission, meaning Ohio receives about $450 million in taxable revenue. These are for online sports books or through gambling operations through casinos, ballparks, and sports venues. This means Ohio gamblers are sticking with the big leagues when it comes to placing bets and not cozying up to a bar or restaurant kiosk as much as the Ohio Lottery would like. The Ohio Lottery, which operates inside host locations, reported $4.3 million within the first four months of this year. The state gets 103000 If this trend keeps up at this pace, Ohio would take a cut of about 311000 Consumer 10 reached out to the Ohio Lottery, and a spokesperson says it costs about $650,000 to operate annually. The lottery was, quote, tasked by the legislature with starting the lottery sports gaming program. We knew that it was not going to be as lucrative as traditional lottery products. Unlike traditional lottery games that have fixed payouts and price structures, sports gaming odds are volatile and change quickly, and sometimes proprietors take a loss. This means only about 1% of Ohio gamblers are betting locally. The Ohio Lottery told me that even though they mainly are a regulator, one of their biggest challenges is to educate players on 925 active host locations and unique wagering opportunities, with more proprietors and more host locations coming soon. And we thank Clay Gordon for sharing that report with us. Columbus-based Donato's Pizza celebrating its 60th year of serving up those famous square-cut pizzas. Governor Mike DeWine and Lieutenant Governor John Husted visited the original Donato's location on Thurman Avenue. The gathering also celebrated Donato's founder, Jim Grody, who opened his first pizza shop in 1963. The chain rolled out new innovation that uses automation to make pizzas faster. It's technology, the governor says, puts Columbus on the cutting edge. Having a company uh, like Donato's uh, that's grown in Ohio, um, 
makes it so very important, not just for people to be employed, but all that you give back to the community. And to cap off the celebration, the city officially changing the name of Thurman Avenue to Donato's Way. At the memorial, 10 TV's Adam King shows us the real stars of the show at the Pro-Am. Everyone comes to Mirfield to see the Pro-Am and Jack. And while it may be the Bears' course, it's the Golden Cubs stealing the show. A four-time NBA champion, a major winner and country music star, all of them teeing off at Mirfield. But in the midst of this star-studded Pro-Am, I'd like to introduce our Golden Cub here. The loudest roars rang out for the Golden Cubs. And for patients at Nationwide Children's to get to enjoy Jack's course for themselves. That was, it was really cool because everyone clapped, that everyone cares about you. This is Addison, Perry, and Ella. These are just a few of the Golden Cubs. It was so special to watch Perry out there, and it's just hard to watch your child go through. Um, a cancer journey. Yeah, it's just been a long road, but to see him out here thriving and having so much fun and smiling and being a kid just warms my, my mama heart. Pictures with Steph are great, but for a cub, meeting the bear is always a special moment. How you doing? Probably meeting all the um, famous superstars because we know they care and we know that we care about them too. And people that supportive that's with you in the golf doesn't stop on the tee box. The full pro experience comes with a private lesson. This one from Aisha Curry. Hi. Hi. Are you excited to play golf today? But the stars keep shining with Scarlet and Gray rolling in to help with the practice. A surprise visit for many of the Buckeye football team. Nice to meet you. You see the adversity that they go through and things like that, and it inspires even me. Um, it pushes me to uh, be motivated and to do better um, and to continue battling adversity no matter what's uh, uh, in front of me. So I'm um, always taking that next step forward. I'm glad I was able to go out here because I've learned a lot today too. With a lesson complete and pictures done, there is only one thing left to do. You like a milkshake, my dog? You want chocolate or vanilla? No doubt. A golden day for the Cubs at the Memorial Tournament. Adam King, 10TV Sports. Well, Pride Month is here, and coming up on Face the State, we are going to talk with a Girl Scout who made sure her community stood proud this weekend. And mental health is health, and experts say it should be prioritized beyond Mental Health Awareness Month. We're talking with an expert next. Wherever you call home, the sounds of wildlife connect you with the greater family of life. I'm Ed Begley, Jr., and when you see habitat being destroyed, you know that wild animals are losing their homes, the greatest threat to their survival. The Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust offers a humane solution, helping private landowners to protect habitat as permanent safe havens for wildlife. Your voice can speak for wildlife and their homes. Visit the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust at wildlifelandtrust.org. This is my new best friend, Esther. She might look like any normal, playful puppy, but Esther's being raised to become a canine companions for independence assistance dog for a person with a disability. To get there, she needs lots of love and care and attention, plenty of exercise, and good eating habits so that she can live a long and healthy life for her future family. Visit cci.org or call 1-800-572-BARK. Raise a puppy, change a life. You can make a world of difference in the life of a person with a disability. Okay, so maybe you didn't finish or broke your New Year's resolution to get to the gym or start that project you had kept on the back burner since 
Well, okay, the dawn of time. I get it. That's okay. But you know, there's one thing you can do to get back that inspiration, that can-do spirit. Perhaps you or someone you know has a vehicle that they don't drive anymore. Why not consider donating it to the National Federation of the Blind? All you have to do is call 866-282-7327. That's 866-282-7327. You can also log online to nfb.org and click donate. And maybe you know someone that's blind. You can reach out to nfb at nfb.org. That's nfb at nfb.org. So what do you have to lose? You have everything to gain by helping someone in need, like your motivation. Oh, and a tax deduction. So why not get started today? And remember, charity is only a phone call away. This is Columbus Perspective on the Fan. Back to Tracy Townsend, courtesy of 10TV. Welcome back. You know, we were honored to join with the On Our Sleeves movement at Nationwide Children's Hospital last month to focus on mental health awareness. And as we are well on our way into the month of June, just one more reminder about the importance of connecting with children in conversation. I talked with Dr. Whitney Raglan Bignall, the Associate Clinical Director of On Our Sleeves, and she told me families have to make talking a habit. We want it to be a habit so that these trusting relationships can develop and that On Our Sleeves has a whole section on our website for Operation Conversation, and it has lots of conversation prompts, some of more easy topics, but also about some of those tougher ones. Because I know sometimes parents are like, I don't know how to talk about it. We do have the resources on our website to help support you in some of those questions to ask. And you can find the link to the On Our Sleeves movement at 10tv.com. Now, as we kick off Pride Month, there are a number of activities you can get involved with over the next few weeks. 10TV's Amy Steigerwald spoke with one local Girl Scout troop leader, paving the way for the smaller celebrations. Amy takes us to Bexley. June in Central Ohio is typically filled with fun, engaging, larger-than-life events celebrating inclusivity. But two years ago, Girl Scout Grace Hansen noticed the streets of Bexley appeared somewhat quiet during June with few events celebrating Pride Month. We just wanted a little bit of representation in Bexley. I know Bexley is a pretty accepting community and we wanted an event that like allowed people like us to feel represented or accepted. Grace, alongside her entire Girl Scout troop, decided to take matters into their own hands and organize a Pride Walk. They expected their friends and family and some community members to make an appearance, but were shocked when hundreds showed up. Um, I did not expect that many people to show up. It's not something that we just wanted people to watch. We wanted people to, like, join in. The girls decked out the sidewalk for the walk and plan to expand on their plans this year with different activities like friendship-making bracelets and other booths at the event. In Bexley, Amy Stuggerwald, 10TV News. And you can find a full list of Pride events happening in Central Ohio at our website, 10TV.com. Well, we certainly have enjoyed talking with you today here on Face the State. Thank you for joining us. And remember, we wish you a great week. Take care. That's again Tracy Townsend, courtesy of our sister station, WBNS 10TV, from their Sunday morning public affairs program, Face the State. A new edition can be seen this morning at 1130 on 10TV. Right now, our country feels divided. But there's a place where people are coming together. I got to tell you, I was nervous to talk to someone so different than me. Me too, but I'm glad we are. Love Has No Labels and One Small Step are helping people with different political views, beliefs, and life experiences come together through conversation. And it feels good. 
Wow, your story is so... Uh, Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> when people actually sit down, talk, and listen to one another, they can break down boundaries and connect as human beings. At lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step, you can listen to amazing, life-changing conversations and find simple tools to start a conversation of your own. I know one thing. This conversation gives me hope. It gives me a lot of hope, too. Take a step toward bringing our country and your community together by having the courage to start a conversation at lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step. A message from StoryCorps, Love Has No Labels, and the Ad Council. Every two minutes, a woman in the U.S. is diagnosed with breast cancer. And in that split second, her life changes forever. The toll of breast cancer is great. The need to support those who are battling the disease today is even greater. We're fighting alongside patients because we know one moment can change a lifetime. United by hope, we can end breast cancer. Join our fight. Save lives. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself, I didn't, now I do, uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I want to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. ADHD. It's the child who can't pay attention or sit still in school, right? The answer may be yes. Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD, can be complicated, and it can last a lifetime. Up to 75% of children and adolescents with ADHD have at least one additional mental disorder that requires a comprehensive approach to treatment. Learn more at moretoadhd.com. This message brought to you in partnership with ADA, ACO, and CHAD. This is Columbus Perspective on the Fan. Hi, this is Dave James, and on the phone with me is Dr. K.L. Allen, who is the Chancellor of Western Governors University, Ohio. How are you? I am doing phenomenal. How are you doing today, Dave? Good. Thanks for talking to us. You know, I remember when you first rolled out in Ohio five years ago, and the first thing I thought was, what the heck is Western Governors University? (laughs) (laughs) I I, I think a lot of people... um, years ago um, when we opened our virtual door, so to speak. And so, I mean, we're still new, accredited. Uh, we create affordable pathways to higher education for our Ohioans. Um, you know, when we were first brought to the state, it was to close the workforce skills gap to ensure everyone was being upskilled. And with the competency-based model that, you know, for the student, it removed the seat time and it focused on mastering the skill as opposed to how long you have to sit in the seat. And so we're, we're excited to come upon our fifth anniversary, Dave. And uh, it is, as you mentioned, five years. And lest anyone uh, think that 
you know, there's something askew about WGU, the Chancellor of the Ohio Department of Higher Education, Randy Gardner, and also former Congressman Pat Tiberi, who who heads the Ohio Business Roundtable, have been singing your praises. It's great to have the business community behind us. Great individuals like Chancellor Gardner and uh, Pat Tiberi have been phenomenal support systems. Um, I still remember the first time that I met Chancellor Gardner, which has allowed us to form a, a bond. But the key thing with those individuals that you that you spoke of is that they want to continue to see Ohio to be great. And at the end of the day, education is part of the play of how you get Intel, how you get Honda, how you get other companies to come here. And so they've created a landscape where it's not about being competitive in higher ed. It's about being collaborative. And that way we can ensure that we attract the talent and upskill the existing talent that we have in the great state of Ohio. You've had, uh, I guess, 10,000 graduates in the five years that you've been around in Ohio? That is correct. We're coming up on 10,000 graduates, which is amazing. I mean, nationally, we're over 320,000 graduates. But in the great state of Ohio, you know, coming in on 10,000. This week, um, we actually, for the first time ever at WG Ohio, we crossed the 5,000 active student mark, which... You know, five years to have 5,000 students, close to 10,000 graduates. Um, I could have not have wrote a better script if I, if I was a writer. Now, this is a nonprofit university, and, uh, you know, when you look at, the, at your curriculum, a couple of things to me stand out right away, and that is that you offer degrees in teaching and nursing, which are two fields which need people desperately. We need to continue to honor and respect our teachers, but also to play a role in that pipeline, which we have done. From the healthcare side of the field, we, we realized that healthcare workers were working hard. COVID exacerbated that, and it showed us that, hey, we need to play a role in finding additional talent. And so, for all of those out there today um, that are in the healthcare field, education field, we thank you, I thank you, and we look forward to um, getting some additional colleagues to um, you know, lessen your burden that you have. Talking with Chancellor Dr. K.L. Allen with Western Governors University, I want to uh, backtrack just a second about the name, uh, Western Governors University. It started out west, and it was a bunch of governors from different states that kind of collaborated on this, right? That is correct. Um, they felt we needed to create some workforce development for working adults. If you think about on the West, there is a big gap of where colleges were at, and they created this ideal in 1997, and you look where we're at in 2023, one of the largest universities being online, being a disruptive force, and so I think those governors, I think our current president, Scott Post, for the board, for their continued support, and all of the great business community leaders in the great state of Ohio that have allowed us to flourish and be successful at the same time. What about the portability of degrees there, moving on to another school? You know, a lot of our students, again, with, the, with us offering undergraduate and graduate degrees, um, a lot of students, once they um, fall in love with the company base, they end up going to staying here at WGU to get their master's degree. We have had other students to go elsewhere, um, to, you know, Ohio State, to Bowling Green, and so forth. Um, that's a key part of it. Another part of that is the transferability of students leaving from community colleges into WGU. 
I was just at an OACC, which is the Ohio Associations of Community College event, um, you know, here recently, and, and, and we raved about the transferability of associate degrees into WGU um, because at the end of the day, we want people to get their associate degree, then move up to get their bachelor's and master's. We want you to get your bachelor's at WGU, but for some reason, if not, the, you know, you have the ability to go go elsewhere. But with our referral source and our retention rate, most of our students usually stay with us. So if somebody is looking to get a business degree or perhaps in teaching or nursing, uh, how do you compare with other schools when it comes to uh, tuition and how long of a course is it when you're, is it, and is, is it, are you talking online only or what is it? Yes, our courses are 100% online. That's the way that we are allowed to keep our, our, our price point less than the national average. So on average, you're looking at around $7,400 for a bachelor's degree and on average seven eight hundred dollars for a master's degree and so if you take that with the national average it fails in comparison with the the national average and then you think about our alums who graduate you know close to 80 percent of them state that there is a roi of attending wgu because we hear so much now the cost of education is it worth it is there a roi and our alums and our assistant students say that there is and that's one thing we have to look at in the higher education landscape of how do we continue to decrease the cost? How do we continue with, you know, AI and other, you know, technological advances coming in? How do we stay ahead of the curve and how do we continue to innovate in today's day and time? But, you know, our goal is to create pathways for opportunities. And that's the ultimate goal. You know, I, I always like to, you know, think about Langston Hughes, a poem called um, Harlem, where he, he, he spoke about, you know, dreams that are deferred. You have a lot of adults, because our average age is 33, who thought about going to school or went to school, and life happened. And then they're in a workforce, and they want to move up, but they need a degree. But they also do not have the flexibility to attend ground campuses two, three, four times a, a, a night. So that's why WGU is so important to help those who have deferred dreams to actually make those dreams reality. And that, you know... We love our students, we love our night owls, and we also love our corporate partners who also entrust us with their students as well. So when there are companies like Intel that are coming to Central Ohio or uh, Honda with their battery plant, are there uh, opportunities through WGU to get some sort of degree that might uh, pave the way toward that sort of a job? In, in, indeed. We're always looking to um, you know add programs. We just add a logistics program, of course, IT, cybersecurity. We already spoke about our educational and nursing programs. So, yes, uh, we always look to be a part of the ecosystem to help attract talent, to keep talent. Uh, we've had, you know, conversations. We've partnered with Huntington Bank, Ohio Health, here recently with the KFC Foundation, uh, which allows majority of their employees to go back to school 100% free. So our goal is to work with the organizations to upskill their existing talent, to also create a pipeline from some of our graduates um, that may be looking to transition jobs. So our, our goal is to play a role in the economic arena to ensure that we have the right workforce and everyone can be successful. Talking with Dr. K.L. Allen. He is the chancellor of Western Governors University, Ohio. Uh, anything else you'd like to add? I would just say, you know, 
Well, for those who um, are looking at looking for more information, take a look at us, ohio.wgu.edu. Currently, we have a $10,000 scholarship that we're doing for our fifth anniversary. Um, we also have take part in Choose Ohio First, the Second Chance Grant, which is set aside for those who stopped going to college, did not obtain a bachelor's degree. So if you're looking for flexibility where you can go at your pace, take a look at us. Dave, I appreciate you as well as our great leaders here in the great state of Ohio. Chancellor Allen, congratulations on five years, and uh, thanks so much for your time. Hey, thank you very much, sir. This has been Columbus Perspective, a weekly public affairs presentation of The Fan, heard each Sunday morning at 6 on WBNS AM, that's 1460 ESPN Columbus, and Sunday morning at 7 on WBNS FM. Sports Radio 97.1 The Fan. Join us again next Sunday for Columbus Perspective.